Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. Hello, friends, and welcome to another Ask Zach. Today, we are going to talk about the Tweed Super. So this is probably my favorite of what we would call the mid-sized, you know, the 30 to 40-ish watt uh, Tweed amps from the, uh, from the mid to late 50s. So we're going to talk about the Super. We're going to talk about how the name and the features changed just during the pre-CBS years, where it changed, you know, from a a 210 to a 410 amp with reverb. Um, yeah, just where it fits in the lineup. Also, we're going to talk about some of the tricks on these amps because a lot of people plug into a, a Tweed amp and they don't know how to work it. It's, it's just like guys that, you know, plug into a Marshall, which is based on a Tweed baseman. They don't know how to run them and they don't know how to get a good sound out of them. So we're going to give a few tricks. So that's what we're going to do today. All right. So while you're thinking about it, Go down in the corner and hit subscribe if you've been enjoying the channel. And if you've already been, you know, watching Ask Zach, then I really appreciate you supporting the channel. There's tip jar information in the description. You can go to askzach.com. You can check out some merch like this, you know, amp circuit shirt or coffee mug. Or you can check out uh, becoming a friend of Ask Zach, which is a way to support the channel on a monthly basis. And I'm super appreciative of those guys. So thank you. All right. So the Super Amp gets its birth in 1947 and originally as the Dual Professional, but then later in 47, it does get the name change to Super. And these amps are really interesting. They have, uh, they have a V front and they have this chrome piece down the middle and they have two tens. Uh, they have six L6s. They have octal preamp tubes, you know, not the 12AX7, 12AY7 type, but the, the AX7. And uh, they actually, you know, they're, they're a V-front and it's split baffles. So you've got each speaker has its own baffle and then you have the, the chrome piece down the middle. These amps are really cool, really rare. Of course, guys like Billy Gibbons uh, collect them. Uh, they're uh, really, really neat amps because they uh, they get pretty distorted and can get loud, you know, 
almost loud enough to be uh, really gig worthy because of the 6L6s. Uh, the amp you know, then kind of becomes wide panel and uh, by that point it's gotten 12AY7s in the preamp, the octal preamp tubes are, are gone. Uh, you know, then, you know, really when, and when things really change is when you get to 55 and you get the narrow panel. So, and, and this look that it uh, keeps through 1960. And then of course, after that, it goes to being a brown amp. But, uh, you know, by the time of the narrow panel, which that's what this is, you have uh, five controls on it. You have instrument volume, mic volume, you've got four inputs, you know, high and low for each one of those. Then you have treble, bass, and presence. And then of course you have your standby and power switch and your, and your ground switch. Um, and two 10-inch speakers. And by the narrow panel era, it's two P10R Jensen speakers, which are only rated at about, you know, 10, 15 watts each. Like saying they're 20 watt speakers, really pushing it. And by that point, the amp's putting out 25 to 30 watts. Uh, now, funnily enough, in uh, later in 55, the amp gets changed to having two 6V6s and it lowers the wattage, uh, which that actually would be a little more fitting for the P10Rs. But then in 56, it's already back to having 6L6s, still P10Rs. Uh, finally, in the last year or so of production, in, in you know 60 or so, they got P10Qs, and those were had, of course, a little bit more uh, power handling. Because, of course, as you get closer to A on that last digit, so like P10R, you know, P10Q is a higher rating, while as you get closer to Z, it's uh, lower power. So... Anyway, little a little uh, Jensen uh, power you know, you know trivia for you right there. So yeah, this and this is firmly in what I called just like I said before. This is what I call the mid-sized twins. So you have the lower line, which is like the Champ, the Princeton, like the Harvard that I have, you know, and the, even up to like Vibrolux. Deluxe starts to get to where you could kind of gig with one or a big box. Tremolux is right there on the border. But when you get to the Super, this is the first, you know, tweed, the you know, of the later tweeds, the narrow panel ones to have 6L6s. And that with the two, you know, P10Rs really make this kind of like a baby basement, you know, or a little brother to a basement. That's probably a better, uh, a better term for it. So yeah, basically this is a basement with a different transformer and only two speakers. So you kind of have that kind of basement 410 sound, but at a slightly lower volume because you know you don't have the bigger cab, you don't have the two other speakers, and you don't have the same transformer on it. So I love these. Um, yeah, I wish this amp was mine. It's not. This is Dan Strain's amp, Danocaster, and he was nice enough to let me borrow this. This amp, I'll just tell you right now, it's not completely original. The electronics are original. The, the transformers, the, the caps on it, not the electrolytics, they've been replaced, which you, you have to. Um, that's original. The cab is not. The cab is uh, a new Mather, you know, pine cab that Dan, uh, you know, finished it and aged it. And I think he did a darn tootin' good job on that. So, yeah, he even aged the handle there. And then the speakers are not P10Rs because 
uh, a friend of ours who does a lot of speaker reconing and, and does amazing work. Uh, he goes by his business called Ventone. Well, Ventone said, don't put P10Rs in there. You'll just shred them. And that's what happens to the original ones. You hardly ever see a vintage super amp that still has its original speakers in it. I mean, it does happen, but especially with these, you know, later narrow panel ones, they just got shredded. So he made a speaker that was kind of like using old magnets and frames. He, uh, he made some speakers that were kind of like an upgraded P10Q. So an Alnico magnet, but just higher rating so that you wouldn't just shred them in this amp. So you can turn this amp up and get all sorts of fun sounds out of it. So, uh, yeah, let's, you know, before we go into the, you know, the finishing out the lineage of the amp, let's just talk about some of the tricks of, of this, these amps, which would include, you know, of course the Bandmaster and the pro, you know, and I guess the basement also, the basement is kind of the step above those, but you have the, the Bandmaster, the super, you know, the 310 Bandmaster, the 210 Super, and the 115 Pro are all basically the same amp, just different transformers in them, and, uh, and of course, cabs. So one thing you really have to do to take advantage of these amps, or all the copies that are out there, there's great copies and, and kits of these era amps, you really need to bridge the channels. So you'd plug into the instrument channel, and then on the second input, you'd run a little short patch cable like I have from the second input on the instrument into the mic channel and then you run you know the the mic up a little bit lower or you know you can do whatever you want with those but it's but by mixing the two of them uh you just get a bigger fatter sound the other real key on these is well one the presence control can be pretty subtle on these amps uh, and and then the treble knob kind of does what it's supposed to do and then depending on your instrument you would set the treble control where it really gets important is the bass control. The bass control is the heart of getting what I call the two different important sounds on a tweed amp. You have big glassy tweed and you have gnarly tweed. And big glassy tweed is by putting the bass control all the way up or, or close to all the way up. And gnarly tweed is backing the bass control down. And I'm gonna show you how, how different they are. So first off, this is, this is how I was playing from the beginning of the show. This is the bass control all the way up to get, you know, what I would call the big glassy tweed sound with, with big bass. Okay. Now I'm gonna back off the bass control just down a little bit below 10, and all of a sudden it's gonna sound pretty different. You can even hear the, the noise from the amp changes. Very different sound. Um, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, you've lost some bass and all of a sudden the mid-range opens up and it gets really gnarly and it gets really aggressive and you get kind of what I think of as the other classic tweed sound. And both of those are right there on tap. All you have to do is use your bass control. 
all the way up if you want big and glassy back it off a bit and you get that you know all of a sudden it shifts things to the mid and you get that gnarly mid-range that's uh really nice and aggressive so uh yeah so in 1960 of course that was the last year of it being you know tweed and then it goes to being a brown amp and they add a really nice tremolo sound to it and the brown super I always think of as the big Al Anderson from NRBQ amp. And that's just because he's probably the only famous player I could think of that played one. And he used one a lot all throughout the 80s and 90s with NRBQ. And I love that sound. And I love his playing. And uh, yeah, I loved seeing him with a, a brown super. And then usually he would have a, uh, you know, like a, a Roland Space Echo or something like that going on and, and using a telly and just... Classic, classic sound. Uh, then, of course, funnily enough, uh, the Super in uh, in late 63, 64, all of a sudden, it becomes a 410 amp with reverb. And it was like, what happened? You know, the Vibrolux goes from being a 112 brown amp, it becomes a 210 black amp with reverb. The concert, you know, I, you know, the concert reverb should have been, you know, what we call the Super Reverb, but Anyway, all these strange things happened. It would have been fun to have the Super Reverb that was the 210, you know, with Reverb amp, what we think of as the Vibrolux Reverb. So that's just my uh, personal take. But uh, the amp has gone on and on and on, and, and there's probably been very, you know, a few times when uh, they, there wasn't a Super Reverb or an amp with the name Super in the lineup. Uh, it's been an important part. There's even like a Tone Master Super Reverb now. So... Uh, you know, but these uh, these tweeds, yeah, of the mid-sized tweeds that are actually giggable, uh, this this one's my favorite, and uh, and I've already made Dan promise that if he ever sells this, he's got to give me you know first dibs. And now I have it on on video. So I need to uh, I need to thank uh, a certain source that was very important. In this, and that's this Fender Amps, the first 50 years by John Teagle and John Sprung. This, uh, if there's one Fender Amp book that you're going to have, it's this one. This one, it has, you know, chapters on the various Fender Amps, and it takes you through the whole, you know, kind of lineage through the classic, you know, eras, the tweeds, the browns, the black faces, and etc., has a lot of good stuff on, uh, has a lot of good photos and all sorts of of info and I uh, highly recommend this. I hope that it's still in print. So I'll put a, a, a if it's still in print, I'll put it uh, a link in the description so you can pick this up because this is wonderful. Of course, John Sprung has also been a, a really important guitar photographer through the years besides writing this wonderful, wonderful book. So, all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. Of course, I was using my 57 Esquire. Uh, no effects or anything, just plug straight into the amp. That's the great thing about these tweeds is that uh, they just have this resonance and this wonderful sound to them where you, yeah, it is nice to have echo or, or verb with them also, but it's like even even when they're naked, as it were, just by themselves, they, uh, they sound wonderful. Well, all right, guys, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the Ask Zach podcast. If you want to dive deeper, check out my website, askzach.com, to find more articles and further info on each episode. And remember, it is the support from you, the listener, that keeps the show going. Thank you, friends.